What's going on, guys? In this episode, I want to talk a little bit about just our fan expectation, as us as fans and our expectations of the draft in terms of when it gets to around the day three area, which is rounds four, five, six, seven, right? That's the area where a lot of times we will sit there and be like, all right, we we got who we got in, on day one and two. Now we're sitting here thinking, let's, what else do we need? We need a linebacker. We need a safety. We need a running back, whatever it might be, right? I just want to go over because I did a lot of work putting together this list of everybody that was drafted and how much they've played um, on day three from just last year. So it's, uh, I think it's going to be a little bit eye-opening for some of you to realize just how rare it is to get someone that's actually going to even play in year one at least, right? Some of these guys are going to develop into, into good players, nice solid role players, maybe a few starters, things like that. I'll, I'll probably mention the guys that I think will develop into consistent full-time starters. And there's also guys that in the reverse way have started or played a lot as rookies that we will see inevitably fizzle out and not really play much and probably unfortunately be out of the league in two, three, four years. So that's just the way this thing is. It's hard. The reason why I say you can't draft for need is because there are just simply aren't that many players that can play at that level in the NFL. There just aren't enough, right? Like if you go into each draft thinking like if you need a safety, right? And it's day three. Well, how many safeties do you think were available to begin with that could start at the NFL level? Probably like four to six, you know, just in any given year, right? Maybe more in some years, but in reality, even if they're guys that I have graded higher, the reality is there just aren't, unless it's a historically great class like receiver was a couple of years ago with Debo Samuel, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, Terry McLaurin in the fourth round, those guys like that's, that's, those are circumstances that are not normal, right? You're not going to normally see that. Everybody loved um, Kelvin Harmon in that draft. Everybody thought he was a starter. Nope, he wasn't. Everybody, he was ended up being like a sixth, seventh round pick. Everybody loved Hakeem Butler. You know, he's, I don't even think he's on a roster right now, or actually he's in Philly. I think he's on their practice squad trying to convert to tight end. And he was a guy that a lot of draft Twitter compared to AJ Green. You know, it's in myself included. I, I took the bait on Hakeem Butler for sure. I didn't like Kelvin, Kelvin Harmon, just so you know. Anyways, <clears throat> um, all right, so let's talk about the first pick in the fourth round. So first pick of day three this past year was Akeem Davis Gaither, right? A guy that I really liked, I felt could be an early contributor, if not an early starter. What in reality happened with him, he started one game and he played 26% of the snaps. So it wasn't, you know, wasn't... Uh, wasn't great, but wasn't wasn't terrible. He probably played some special teams. That's not what I'm considering here when I say snaps. Um, I didn't didn't even look at those. So he could have, and he most likely played a good amount of special teams. Davis Gaither was a guy that was a undersized linebacker, kind of a, a just perfectly built will linebacker for today's game, and a guy that can really cover. So he's coming from App State, so it makes sense for him to be a guy that you know is is not necessarily totally pro ready at this particular time. He, in my opinion, will still be a good player for years to come, though. I mean, when I say good player, I mean at least a role player, maybe even an every week starter. Uh, Washington drafted and keep excuse me. Keep in mind, this guy's had some injuries, Sadiq Charles, but Washington drafted him and they desperately needed help at the position that he played. He started one game and he's on IR, basically played less than one percent of the snaps on the season. 
um, <clears throat> excuse me, Simpson. I can't. John Simpson, I believe his name was. The Vegas Raiders drafted him, and the third pick of the fourth round. He's started one game and played 18% of the snaps. Now, here's the guy next that was a huge hit considering where he was drafted and what, what the Giants have gotten out of him. So the Giants drafted Darnay Holmes right here, cornerback from UCLA. And he's basically, he's more of a nickel, right? He's a nickel corner, five starts, because that just means five times the Giants have come out in their nickel package to open the game. Starts are a little deceiving when it comes, especially when it comes to the position like this. But um, five starts, and he's played 41% of the snaps. So that is really, really good. And he's actually been solid. He hasn't been great as a rookie, but he's been solid, and he's really flashed some high-end upside. So I think this is one of the bigger scores of this draft, at least for year one, right? Darnay Holmes for the Giants. Huge hit there by Dave Gettleman. Next up is Miami, and this guy is a huge hit. Actually, maybe the biggest of the, of the whole day three or at least one of the top three or four, is uh, Solomon Kinley for the Miami Dolphins. He's played 100% of the snaps, started every game. I believe, uh, I think he missed last week's game, or he missed one game, but he has not missed a snap otherwise. So he um, he missed that game with injury. So this guy is, I'm not quite sure how he's played. That's a whole nother, and I have to watch some film on him, but I haven't done that. But I just know this, if a rookie that you drafted in the fourth round is starting every game for you, that's a huge hit. Next up is Josh Kelly for the Chargers. He hasn't started any games. He's played 27% of the snaps. The reason why that's so low is because Kalen Balaj has come in lately and really docked into his workload, and Josh Kelly was a guy that was playing a whole lot early. Um, but clearly, he's been a little bit surpassed on the depth chart by Balaj, and by all reasons, Balaj looks a little bit better than him. So overall, though, that's still a solid um, hit when you consider where he's drafted, and these play almost a third of the snap. So that's a nice one. Here's a good hit from my team, the Carolina Panthers, Troy Pride. Eight starts, and he's played over 50% of the snap. So this guy has uh, really become a solid player and a guy that's that's clearly has a consistent role. Now here is almost the, the vintage what you would expect from a rookie day three guy if on a hit is Lucky Fotu for the Cardinals. Zero starts, but he's played 26% of the snap. So that means... He's on the field a lot, right? He's he's one every four plays. This guy's on the field, and he's clogging up the middle. He's a big, powerful kid. Um, he's a guy that I really liked. I think I had a second-round grade on him. I thought he could uh, really become a, a legitimate every day, every uh, week starter. So he's a guy I still think that of. I hope I'm not quite sure how he's been playing exactly. Again, I have to go watch real film on that to, to be a judge of that, but I did like him a lot coming out. Now we've got another hit here. The Cleveland Browns drafted Harrison Bryant, tight end. Nine starts, 59% of the snaps, solid. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars drafted Ben Barch here. If you guys remember, I believe he went to St. John's. Um, kid that really rose his stock at the Senior Bowl. He's a lesson to a lot of people as to why you should um, go to the Senior Bowl because in the COVID-19 you know, year that we had last year, Ben Barch is a guy that if he didn't go to the Senior Bowl and generate all that hype, he was a UDFA or a seventh rounder, you know, just because the tape was a little bit difficult to evaluate. I mean, he was bullying everybody, but I believe it was at a division three school. So for him to be drafted in the fourth round was a huge win for him. And he started one game, played 23% of the snaps. All right, next up, DJ Wonham. This is a hit from Minnesota. One start, 41% of the snaps. So, you know, exactly what you'd want from, from a day three player. 
Uh, next up is Alberto for the Broncos. Zero starts, 9% of the snaps. I think he got hurt. So he was actually starting to play a little bit more than he got hurt. Atlanta, Michael Walker, M-Y-K-A-L, Walker. Six starts, 36% of the snaps. That's exactly what you want from this kind of guy. LaMichael Pirine, 22% of the snaps, zero starts. This one surprises me. I really liked Logan Stenberg coming out. And this kid has not played anything. Zero starts, 0% of the snaps. I don't think it's because of injury, but maybe there's an injury there that I didn't see. Um, but all in all, that's, you know, that's shitty. Indianapolis, because I really liked Sinberg. I think I had a third-round grade on him. Um, <clears throat> Indianapolis, Jacob Eason. So, obviously, he wasn't drafted in the fourth round to become an, a week uh, year one starter. Um, he's a guy that hopefully will be a backup for years to come, if not a starter, which I believe he can become because he definitely has talent. Moving on to the Cowboys selection was Reggie Robinson, my guy. One of my guys, I believe, is a starter in this league. Unfortunately, we have not seen a snap from him, a uh, or at least on defense. Zero starts, 0% of the snaps. Pittsburgh Steelers took Anthony McFarlane, a guy that I liked as well. Zero starts, 7% of the snaps. The Jets took James Morgan to be a backup quarterback, I'm assuming, so he has not played. Charlie Heck, well, I guess so that would make him a third-string quarterback this year behind Joe Flacco, and, and rightfully so. He was not ready to play, but the kid does have talent. Charlie Heck for the Texans, zero starts, only 4% of the snaps. You know, I think you guys are seeing, I'm not going to do this for the entire day three, don't worry. I'm just going to go through a few more of these, and then and then for the other rounds, I'm just going to talk about some guys. But um, Kayvon Wallace, a guy that I thought could come in and play right away for the Eagles, two starts and 13% uh, of the snaps. Now, here's a huge hit. Gabriel Davis for the Buffalo Bills, 10 starts, and get this, 74% of the snaps on the season. That is insane value for a fourth rounder. And by the way, in case you guys have been living under a rock and not watching football this year, Gabriel Davis has been awesome. He's been highly productive, like really from very early on in the season, too. I think it was like week two or three is when he caught his first touchdown. You know, he was he's been good all year long. The Jets took Cameron Clark, offensive tackle, has not played a snap. The Vikings took James Lynch, a guy from Baylor, the big, huge productive player at Baylor. Um, like very short arms, and that's kind of what threw some teams off and basically why he fell all the way to day three. But he has not started a game, and he's only played 6% of the snaps. And Rashard Lawrence, I think his first name is, the LSU kid, zero starts, 14% of the snaps for the Cardinals. Troy Dye has been five starts, just 18% of the snaps, though. So he's been uh, kind of up there because of injuries to other players in front of him. And uh, Seattle's tight end, Cody Parkinson, zero starts, 4%. Jalen Hawkins for the Falcons, two starts, 7%. The Steelers drafted Kevin Dotson. This kid has started three games, played 28% of the snaps. He's actually looked really good when he's been in there. So that's good news for him. The Rams, their third player they, they drafted in this draft, was tight end Bryson Hopkins, has not played a snap, um, or at least not, not enough to equal 1%. Josiah Scott, and here, get this, guys. The Jacksonville Jaguars took cornerback Josiah Scott, who has played 6% of the snaps here in the 31st pick of the fourth round. The very next pick was cornerback Legereus Sneed, who has been one of the better players in the NFL at his position. Uh, he missed some games with injury, so, he's played, so he started six games, 41% of the snaps. So what a huge hit that looks like so far. Now here for the comp picks of round four, and then I'll, and then I'll just turn this into a more of a summary – was Amik Robertson for the Raiders. This kid I thought was ready to play right away, and the Raiders did have a need there, so I was 
I was convinced he would be playing a lot, has not started the game and has only played 4% of the defensive snaps there in Vegas. Sean, uh, Shaq Quarterman, 0% for the uh, Jaguars. So the Jaguars right there with two potentially huge misses considering what was available. Um, and, and Quarterman's a good player. He's probably playing a lot of special teams. He's a solid player. It's just, uh, just unfortunate when you look at you know other guys that were available right around this time. Then you got John Reed to the Houston Texans, 12% of the snaps, one start. Antonio Gandy-Golden has now started two games, 12% of the snaps for Washington. And he's a guy that missed most of the season with injury, just came off IR, I believe, a week or two ago. So that kind of explains his lack of workload. But the encouraging thing for Washington fans is he's been on the football field. And you even released uh, one of your other receivers to basically get him on the field more. So that shows that the intent is there, that the team's high on him, and he could potentially be a very big uh, a guy with a big role moving forward. Ben Bredesen for the Ravens, a guy I thought could come in and start right away, 3% of the snaps, zero starts. DJ Dallas, two starts, 15% uh, for, the Seattle, for Seattle. Um, the Eagles drafted a guy, Jeff Driscoll from Auburn, someone I really liked as a offensive tackle, potentially offensive guard. He started four games, 28% of the snaps. I believe he's hurt now or he would have had an even bigger role. So that looks like as long as he can come back healthy, that that's going to be a hit for Philly. Tyler Biotis, the Wisconsin interior offensive lineman that I had no idea why he was so low, was the last comp pick of the fourth round. And uh, he started four games, played 40% of the snaps. So that's a huge hit there for Dallas. And he's been a guy that, because of injury, has been forced into more action. And he's played relatively well. So now I'm just going to go on to um, some of the hits of the fifth round. And then I'm not going to go through every guy. So I'll spare you with that. But Shane Lemieux has been a huge hit. And that's two in a row now for the Giants in the fourth and fifth round. Lemieux has started eight games. He's the interior offensive lineman from Oregon, uh, someone I really liked who I felt like could be an immediate starter. 47% of the snaps on the season, eight starts. And this was a guy I specifically remember, um, Giants Twitter, was not happy when they drafted him. They said, well, hey, we needed X, Y, or Z, whatever other position that they quote unquote needed at the time. And I said, look, I remember I was responding to someone. I said, look, he was the best player on the board in all likelihood, and you can never have enough good players, especially along the interior, along the offensive line anywhere. So to me, I like that pick when it happened, and he has played well when given his opportunities, and now he looks to be a future starter for them in terms of now on. So that's a huge hit uh, for the New York Giants there. So think about that. On day three, Dave Gettleman drafted Darnay Holmes in the fourth, and came back and grabbed Shane Lemieux in the fifth. So that's a huge, huge hit. Whereas if you look at just two picks later, my team, the Carolina Panthers, drafted a safety, Kenny Robinson, because we quote-unquote needed the safety, and he didn't even make the team. You know what I mean? So that's that just shows you the variance that you're going to get there. So when you get a guy that's a potential future starter for you, like Shane Lemieux is, that's huge, right? The Jets drafted Bryce Hall. So the Jets had been – we've seen a lot of misses so far on day three. Um, they did have an, a good earlier round of the draft, though, uh, or I mean of the uh, earlier rounds. Bryce Hall, cornerback, has started six games, and I believe six games in a row, has played 45% of the snaps. But he is a guy that has fully entrenched himself as a starter moving forward there because he's played really well. So that's a huge hit there for the New York Jets in round five. And uh, he's a guy that, to me, should have been a much earlier pick. I believe it was injury concerns and things like that that kind of uh, pushed him down. The board there. So um, moving on, we're seeing the Tyler Johnson receiver for Tampa Bay. 
fifth rounder, a guy that was in my top, I believe it was my wide receiver, 10. And uh, he's played 25% of the snaps. Now, that doesn't sound crazy. And he started three games, by the way. That doesn't sound all that impressive, right? But it is impressive when you consider who's in front of him on that depth chart. You know, uh, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Scotty Miller looks good. And this kid's getting snaps. So that's a, a huge hit there. And I think he's uh, I think he could potentially be a really good player. The Bears drafted a guy that I love, Kendall Vildor from Georgia Southern, the cornerback. Now, he's been largely in a, um, largely not a defensive player in terms of getting defensive snaps for most of the year. One start, 10% of the snaps. But he's a guy that um, lately with the injury to Johnson, another rookie, um, has started the game and has really played well given his opportunities. So hopefully I would like to see him more of him moving forward. And I believe that we will. I think he's a future starter for Chicago. So that looks like a nice pick there. Um, let's see here. Colin Johnson, the wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars from Texas, has not started the game, but he's played 24% of the snaps, and we've seen his role increase, and we've seen him produce as of late. So that looks like a potentially good pick there. Um, and just uh, to kind of – where is it? The, the Patriots drafted a kicker, by the way. Um, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six picks ahead of him, and also ahead of Tyler Johnson, and the kicker didn't make the roster. So that's just shows you right there – kind of what Bill Belichick, the coach, has had to suffer through with uh, Bill Belichick, the GM. And I don't mean any disrespect to Bill Belichick, the GM. Um, he's just, let's face it, he's an average one at best. Okay, and now think about this one. Darnell Mooney, a guy that has been awesome, started eight games for Chicago, has played 74% of the snaps, and they got him in the fifth round. An absolutely gigantic hit there because he's a guy that has the talent to be honestly – Somewhere, somewhere similar to like a poor man's Tyreek Hill. He really does have that. He's got that kind of speed. He can run routes. And the fact that this guy's already finding himself on the football field ahead of a guy they paid in free agency like Ted Ginn, that is very encouraging for Chicago fans. And Mooney um, looks like a gigantic hit for the Bears moving forward. All right, let's keep it rolling here. Um, Hakeem Adeniji for the Cincinnati Bengals was the first pick of the sixth round. And this kid, and it's largely because of injury, has been forced into action. But he's started five games, played 23% of the snaps. And, and this dude has been a, a hit for Cincinnati because even though – I'm not going to – sorry, guys. Even though he hasn't played necessarily, I don't know if he's played all that well. But the point is for him to be earning this type of role, uh, that's definitely encouraging. Now, two picks later was maybe the biggest biggest steal of the draft in terms of on day three. It's Michael Onwenu from, hey, Bill Belichick, the GM. 15 starts. He started every single game, played 91% of the snaps. And if you follow PFF, you've seen that he's been one of the highest graded rookies, period, of this NFL season. So that is very encouraging and a gigantic hit there in the sixth round for the New England Patriots. This guy was one of those guys that um, was kind of a polarizing later round prospect when he was coming into the draft because he was like 350 pounds at Michigan. Huge dude. And, uh, you know, we no one really – the opinions on him really varied. You had some people thinking he was an early-round guy, and you had some people thinking he was a UDFA. Um, either way, we've seen now, at least with what New England's asking of him, he's a very good football player and looks like an absolute steal. Uh, two picks later, the My Carolina Panthers drafted Bravion Roy. Uh, eight starts, 38% of the snaps, and this guy's just been a consistent – player in terms of the role he's carved out for himself moving forward. Carolina got a steal there, and I love the pick. 
Uh, a couple picks later, Donovan Peoples-Jones, receiver for the Cleveland Browns, has started two games, has played 26% of the snaps, but we've seen that role kind of expanding moving forward, so that's a very good-looking selection there. And now, as much as I talk crap about Bill Belichick, the GM, we have to go down a few slots here and look at offensive tackle that I really liked out of Wake Forest. I made a whole bunch of, uh, at least it was story posts, I'm not sure if it was actual an actual post, but on videos of Justin Heron, the offensive tech from Wake Forest, this kid has started five games as a six rounder, and he's played 33% of the offensive snaps. But I think that role is uh, starting to establish itself as a consistent one moving forward. And when you look at guys like Green Bay took John Runyon Jr., the offensive lineman from Michigan as well, they took him a few picks higher, and you see what New England's getting here. That's a good value there for Justin Heron. And to me, he's a guy that I felt like could be a real starter for them in the NFL moving forward. The only problem with him was not movement skills. He has you know high-level movement skills. The only issue with him was power. Could he get stronger? And if he is, I guarantee you he can start at this level. Um, let's see here. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens took James Prochet with the 22nd pick of the sixth round. He hasn't started any games, and he's only played 3% of offensive snaps, but what he's shown to be is a good return man. So that right there, that alone in the sixth round means that you are legit uh, value in terms of uh, just where you were taken. So that's a good pick there. And then you've got, um, let's see. So that's pretty much it in terms of good values for the sixth round. Let's move on to the seventh round. Um, or at least, wait. Last pick, this is a comp pick in the sixth round. You've got a guy named Freddie Swain, receiver. No one was hyping him up all the pre-draft season. He's been essentially the third slash fourth 3A, 3B receiver for, for Seattle, and he's played 34% of the snaps. Now, hasn't has only started one game, but he's been a guy that they want to get involved. And for that late of a pick, this, this looks like it could turn into one of those Doug Baldwin type of values potentially, right? At, at his high end, if nothing else, he's a solid third, fourth option for them moving forward. When you get that in the last pick of the sixth round, that's a huge win. Now, maybe the biggest hit, definitely the biggest hit of the seventh round is a guy named Cameron Curl, a safety prospect that to me, I saw him as a height, weight, speed guy and a guy that potentially could develop into a starting caliber player and if nothing else, could start out as a nice special teamer. Well, it didn't take him long to become the every week starter there in Washington, and Ron Rivera is not afraid to put young guys on the field. He has started 10 games, played 71% of the snaps, and he's really produced at a high level. He's been a very, very good football player from start to finish for them and a guy that has established himself uh, moving forward as a real starter for Washington. So that's a huge hit there. The Giants in the seventh round – Grabbed a kid named Carter Coughlin from Minnesota. Uh, he started two games, and he's played 18% of snaps. Guys, that's a good, solid draft pick there in round seven. So Dave Gettleman, the often criticized Dave Gettleman, is obviously producing um, at least some players in terms of the role that they're playing so far. Um, oh, I forgot to mention, by the way, Detroit drafted a kid named John Pinacini in the sixth round. Okay, this kid has started 11 games. He's a big run stuffing defensive tackle type started 11 games and played 50 percent of the snaps so very big hit there um i didn't mean to miss him and then also the rams two picks later in the fifth round or sixth round excuse me took a guy named jordan fuller defensive back 11 starts 67 percent of the snaps i did not want to forget them that's huge values right there for those two teams all right, moving on, we've got Jacksonville. I mentioned their misses at cornerback earlier in this draft, but they took a guy in the seventh round, last name Claybrook, 
Clay Brooks, I didn't even know him entering the draft, so forgive me there, but he has played 31% of the snaps and started three games, so that's a, definitely a big hit um, a big hit there for them. And then looking on, we've got um, Ron Rivera took a kid named Smith Williams. I think it's Joe, Joe Smith Williams, defensive end, height, weight, speed kid, very um, potential, you know, has potential, but he was very raw. He has played 9% of the snaps, and he's made the football team. So at this point in the draft, in the seventh round on a Washington defensive line, as good as theirs is, for this kid to make the roster and actually see some defensive snaps to me is uh, very encouraging. So, I'm, you know, shout out to Ron Rivera there. And then, you know, we really – we've got a couple other guys, 23%, 12%, 16% of snaps. Uh, the Dolphins drafted a kid, Perry, Malcolm Perry. He was a quarterback at Army, I believe it was. And he's transitioned to wide receiver, and this kid has looked good when given his opportunity. So that's been a nice hit there for them. And then you've got, once again, Dave Gettleman drafted another linebacker, uh, Crowder, Tay Crowder, I believe his name is. This kid is, has started five games and played 31% of the snaps. So if you look at just kind of what has happened there in terms of the value that Dave Gettleman was getting late in that draft, Darnay Holmes, Shane Lemieux, you know, uh, Carter Coughlin, Tay Crowder, those are huge hits when you consider how many other guys played 0% of snaps. For Let me just, for context's sake, right, let's look at, okay, in the fourth round, there were 16 players that played 20% or more of the snaps. In the fourth round, there were eight players that played 40% or more of the snaps, and there were eight guys with five or more starts. In the fifth round, there were 11 guys that played 20% or more, three that played 40% or more, and four guys with five or more starts. In the sixth round, there were nine guys that played 20% or more of the snaps. Um, so that's that's actually decent, right? But I'm just I'm just going to show you here. If we just take that, right, if you're just making the bar when you say we need A and you're saying we need a guy that can give us 20% of the snaps in the, on day three or even in round five, right, That's that means you've got an 11 out of 40, essentially, because there's right around 40 picks, including the comps, an 11 out of 40% chance to get, so basically 25% chance that you land a guy that can give you just 20% of the snaps. If you want to move that to 40%, you've got a three out of 40 chance, you know, so that not great, right? In the sixth round, we saw nine guys play 20% or more, three play 40% or more, and six guys start five or more games, which is solid, honestly. And then the seventh round, you had three guys place 20% or more of the snaps, I mean, I think two of those guys were the Giants, so that's kind of crazy. One guy played 40% or more, and then one guy had five or more starts, and that was Tay Crowder. So if you look at that, out of the 139 players taken, um, plus five specialists, because there were some guys that were some long snappers and kickers and punters and things like that that I didn't even mention, um, you look at uh, the amount of guys there. There were 139 guys taken that were 20% of the snaps or more, so that's um, on day three, and that's actually incredibly good because – wait, let me see. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm Hold on. That's misinformation. Here we go. It's 16 plus 11 is 27, 36. There were 39 guys that played 20% of the snaps or more out of the 144 players drafted on day three. So that's not that bad, right? But here's the issue. If you're looking for guys that played 40% or more of the snaps, so guys that are actual rotational players that probably most of these guys will have a role moving forward, 11 plus 3 is 14 plus 1 is 15. So there were 15 guys that you can say are definitely rotational players moving forward, 
I mean, in all likelihood, there might be a couple of those guys that fall off, but 15 guys out of 144. So when you say, you know, we need this guy for this year, you can't just look at your needs for this season, right? For the 2021 season, when we're doing this draft, when this draft happens, if you say, nah, man, I didn't like that pick in the fifth round there because we needed a linebacker. It's like, bro, in all likelihood, the Giants, let me just use the Shane Lemieux example. The Giants didn't necessarily have an immediate need at interior offensive line when that pick was made. But now things happen, guys get hurt, guys fall off, guys retire, guys, you know, opt out, whatever it might be. Um, guys just play falls off sometimes. And then you look at, hey, now we do need Shane Lemieux and he's actually an every week starter, you know, and that may not happen, right? That's like there's going to be guys on this list that haven't played a snap or that have played less than 10% of the snaps that turn into quality players. There's going to be three, four, five guys um, from day three that really turn into every day, every week starters, you know, and and I just want to want you to understand that that's, that's what really the numbers you're looking at. So if you think that you're just, your GM is just that good to where he's going to hit on every single day three pick like Dave Gettleman did, um, then you, you can, I don't think you're being realistic, right? And I don't think that even though Dave Gettleman did that again this year, I don't think we can hold anyone to that kind of a standard moving forward, especially the better your football team gets. That's why, to me, the Chiefs drafting Legereus Sneed where they did and getting the type of play they've get, they're have get they getting from him so far this season has been insane because Kansas City is the defending Super Bowl champions, right? You're not They're not going to be able to draft three, four guys on day three and get legitimate value out of those guys because – their team is just too good, you know, so that that to me um, shows it, it, the circumstances, right? Because sometimes if you're a good player and like, for example, Kendall Vildor is a guy that on some teams would, would have been starting all year long, the corner from Georgia Southern, the place for Chicago. But with Chicago, they hit on Jalen Johnson, a second round pick. They already had Fuller the corner. So it's like they, their cornerbacks were already pretty good, you know, so it's been tough for him to get on the field. But now that he's gotten his opportunity, he's maximizing on it. So moral of the story here, guys, in the in the day three range, you can't just think about, well, we didn't need this. It's because you did need it, but you might not need it for this, this coming season, right? You might need a guy that can get his ass down the field and make a tackle on special teams. Those guys alone, that alone is a skill set that not everyone can do, you know, so especially your veteran players don't want to play special teams, you know, so when you ha when you draft a guy like Freddie Swain for the Seattle Seahawks in the seventh round, and he's a, I'm guessing he's a good special teams player for them, and then he's also giving you 34% of the snaps, that's a huge hit right there, because on day three, and we see Seattle do this more so than anyone, you build your special teams unit, you get guys like Cameron Curl that if they can't, if they don't develop into a starter, which Curl has done, then you know damn well with that kind of athleticism, that guy's going to be able to get down that field and tackle the hell out of somebody on special teams, right? He's going to be able to do his responsibility, whatever it might be on special teams, you know? So I think that's what you're really looking for. And then maybe just maybe you get lucky enough to have one of those guys develop into a starter and, you know, two, three, four years down the road. That's what you're looking for with your day three picks. So I hope this helped you kind of clear up some of the perception and expectation and what you should be looking for moving forward. Because a lot of times when you see these guys give out draft grades after the draft, you say, you see them say, well, they didn't need that. They didn't need Shane Lemieux right there. So I don't like that pick. Bullshit. There's going to be like, you know, one out of every, there's going to be like a, 
15% chance you're going to get a starter year one moving forward. So let's just adjust our expectations moving forward. And it starts by looking back at the most recent draft class. Now, if you guys want, let me know, and I'll do this for more draft classes. We'll go ahead and look back at more day threes, or if you want me to look at earlier rounds, whatever. Um, I'm down to do it. Just let me know. I just want to get some more draft content rolling as I begin to start watching more prospects. I'm trying to watch more more prospects, and uh, I will today before these games. Um, and uh, hopefully you guys are enjoying that. And if so, let me know, and uh, I'll talk to you later. Peace.